One arcade couch, the best place to chill with friends and get your gaming goodness every Saturday. My name's Owen White. Joining me on the couch this week, Ashley Hobley. Hey, Dylan. Excited to be here, and you'll find out very soon when we talk oh, about it. Oh, a little tease. A little, a, a little tease ahead. I wonder. Intrigue. Intrigue. Oh, set, everyone's setting him up. Uh, also on the couch this week, Kira Marchant. Well-tempered to be here, Dylan. I don't know what I'm going to talk about this week. Well, you know, if there's a yin, there's a yang, as they say. So I got you. I've got to be the foil <laughs> to Ashley's positiveness and his excitement, you know? I'm fine with whatever Ash says, as long as it's not... Hi. Racist. Hi. Well, no, okay. not racist, but uh, I, 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 that's that's also a thing that I don't want you to say. But... Right, you said it's fine. This is not what. Right. Also, not you know, being racist is good. Look forward to next episode. It's like the the original Ashley Hobley, where it was like the best one word answers in the world. Yeah, I was I was, I was just going to say those intros where you give me nothing, but sure, don't be racist is also. Is also... You throw him an easy ball to hit a home run with, and he just he just <laughs> misses terribly. Uh, appreciate actually, how you're going actually. with that um this week on the sh- uh today on the show pax Oz australian news uh kicking in as that's coming up soon cyberpunk 2027 20- gameplay plus pisses off gamers all the things um i'm going to try to explain what the fuck ancestors to humankind odyssey is about but first untitled goose game is releasing the same day as the eldest for some fucking reason yes <laughs> game of the year is coming. Uh, developer House Houses announced Untitled Goose Game, which again, please never change the name, will be releasing for Nintendo Switch and PC via the Epic Game Store on September 20th. That's right, you'll be able to play with Goose and Link on the same day as The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is out on the very same day. Um, they put out a new trailer for it. It's a, It shows some stuff we've seen before, some stuff we haven't seen before. Um, it made me laugh out loud watching it, so two thumbs up trailer. Brilliant. Uh, that's the official explosion that we're ranking for that one. <laughs> it, it's just funny. That my favorite part in the trailer is actually the um there's one section, I was trying to find it in the video here as I'm going along. There's one part where there's like fucking ten TVs or something, and the ducks uh <laughs> the goose, yeah, sorry. Goose. The goose goes Geese. behind them all. It's like in a TV store or whatever, and the, the goose is like behind all the TVs and it's got that like really big like on its B camera angle, it's like quack quack, and it's coming out loudly for your TVs. Uh, I'm pleased with this silly little humor of this game. I mean, that's not how no, but I don't. Work. I mean, I don't think that's how geese geese work you either. To be honest, but we don't yeah. care. Um, that's how goose TV works. Ash, is this your uh, why you're excited to be here this week? Is this the <laughs> yeah? This is why I'm excited to be here this week. We're finally getting it. Uh, <laughs> the goose game, untitled goose game. It. First, it's this precedence of putting Untitled in the yep. name of your things, which I'm very excited <laughs> for going forward. And, <laughs> and it's just going to be fun. And I was surprised because they announced that it's coming to the Epic mm. Game Store and there was, like, no backlash. The power <laughs> of the goose. I don't think people realise because it's been heavily pushed as a Switch game for the most of its marketing. So so I don't think people are even bothering. So, um... What, check out newspapers where the Brisbane Times comes out with local boy causes outrage after he points out goose games on Epic Game Store. It all starts here. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm pretty pumped for this. I'm the 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 thing that confuses me most about the news though is why the fuck release it on September 20th? Why? Cause- well, I mean, it was super surprising during that direct that they decided to move Link's <laughs> Awakening so they could avoid it. <laughs> yeah imagine uh, <laughs> it's um it's just so odd because it's like 
they they kept not putting a release date on this game. They at one point like revealed that they were pushing the game somewhat, like from their initial what they thought their initial release date was going to be. They're like, oh, you'll have to wait a little bit longer, blah, blah, blah. This was a couple months back. They never had a solid release date, but they were like, oh, yeah. you, you'll have to wait a bit longer than what we originally thought, blah, blah, blah. And everyone, you know, we're all like, cool, no worries. And then they're like, all right, we've got a release date. We're putting it out the same day that fucking Zelda's out. And a really busy week in general, because I also think the Nino Kuni remaster's out on the same day or whatever else. So, like... Yeah, I think so. Why? Like, if, you, <laughs> if you're willing to wait this long not having a release date why the fuck <laughs> release it the same day as a bunch of big games come on i understand everyone goes uh gonkers for the it's not scared that's why the goose is not scared that is the goose, the goose is, not is not scared, scared. um of course if you want to know some more thoughts about um our thoughts on the untitled goose game we did a video from pax last year about it they're on the show floor um ash is in it with one mr buddy watson uh, talking about the geese game on the show for yeah so there you go uh spoilers probably won't have one of those videos this year because the game will be out because it's out on september 20th <laughs> no we'll have a full review spoiler out. spoiler review Come discussion <laughs> spoiler to review discussion Ash will yeah. be stood on the show floor the where he could game. be playing new games and he'll be stood there with his switch playing untitled goose game huh? yeah gotta do what you gotta do to play the geese geese game gotta be the geese champion um, all right. Uh, so, all I'm saying is, I'm looking forward to seeing all the goose cosplay at PAX. All the goose cosplay at PAX. Fucking hell. The game was super popular at PAX. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, there was they massive had, lines. They had it was no crazy. line built for that game. They, in, until the second day, they actually built a line for that game. That's a, that's the story of. It was a good thirty to forty minute wait to play yeah. the Untitled Goose. Was game. it worth it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um all right another trailer that i want to talk about is this nba 2k my team trailer which i think is absolutely fucking one of the worst trailers of anything i've seen in my life it is to put it simple one word to describe this trailer is disgusting so the, the official nba 2k version of this trailer the one i've got uh up now because there's a couple of course but this one has 3.6k up thumbs or whatever upvotes and 20k downvotes one of which is me um because this trailer and what they're doing with this game <laughs> is appalling it's fucking disgusting and if you haven't seen it what it is is basically the whole trailers and, and I, I haven't played these games i don't care to play these games let's put that out on the table <laughs> but I, it, it doesn't <laughs> I, don't care to play I have this. no interest whatsoever but <laughs> i i i my no opinion's been put out there I have no stakes in this at all, but I'm appalled. <laughs> I'm fucking appalled from a person who records weekly podcasts about games <laughs> level of appalled. Because um, the tra now, Ash, you can help me with what, some facts here, maybe, or whatever. But yeah. so they're, they're talking about the, the, it's for the my team thing or whatever. So it's for the, it's basically, yeah. it looks to me the equivalent of like the FIFA level of like you get cards and whatever else for players and yes that's where all the micro transactions and shit is but like that old stuff where they have like booster packs for players and whatever else it's like okay yeah fun whatever this one is literally just slot machines <laughs> well They're no it well yes but i mean <laughs> yes but no but oh i mean there is the slot machines and it looks like a pachinko thing as well mm -hmm. Um, I think they're just trying to jazz up because it's kind of opening packs is kind of boring overall. Like, 
at least it adds an element of suspense, but it's still pretty shitty to for a game that's probably going to be played by a lot of under 18s to put gambling sort of things in there is not a great look. Um, especially for a game that has been criticized the last several years on being so microtransaction heavy. I remember the one that came out last year. Heaps of uh, reviewers gave it shit stores, scores because of all the microtransactions. And now they've just doubled down on it. Doubled down on it. So, Well, now you, you've got a way to earn them faster, potentially. Oh, I can't wait to You're spend... just going to be really lucky. And the other thing that annoys me so much about this trailer is the fake YouTuber video oh, stuff. Oh, that's the worst. It, the word <laughs> that came to mind watching this is corny. Yes. <laughs> that was so bad. Because they have two dudes... And it's got, throughout the trailer, it'll, it'll show these, these people and they'll be like opening packs or whatever and, and doing the spin in the slot machine wheels or whatever else. And it'll come around and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my God, you're really playing to that audience of, I, I mean, I know people watch that stuff. Like there are famous YouTubers or whatever, like popular YouTubers that do nothing but videos about opening you know, your FIFA packs and what whatever else. Like, that's their, that's their content. So they're playing for that, I guess. But it is so fake that it is just cringy. It's cringe-inducing. Tune in next week for our NBA 2K20 pack opening video live on ExplosionNetwork.com. Yeah. You could not pay me. <laughs> Kofi.com slash got, Explosion Network. What if right? you got, like, a nice pair, of, <laughs> nice pair of shoes? If you got a nice pair of shoes. No. No. I would for a nice pair of shoes. <laughs> Ash is easily brought off by 2K, it seems. Slotionnetwork.com slash ethics. I'll have to change what it says. (laughs) (laughs) You just put a link in to be like, hey, but look how good these shoes look. Ash is willing to be brought off by shoes. (laughs) And jackets. And jackets. Jackets jackets. are cool. Yeah. Who'd have thought you'd be the one? Who'd have thought you'd be the one? Yeah, no, I, I hate this everything about it um i'll just i've always hated it but in particular i'm not 100 sure that it it is like actual microtransactions that you're using it might potentially be like tokens that you earn in game and you can only but you earn think the australian government's gonna be like is gonna take one look at it and be like yeah nah you just fueled us with more ammo they, for this loot box they don't crap. care there's no sex it's fine. <laughs> there's no sex. There's no drugs. It goes goes going through fine. Sex isn't a problem. It's drugs. Yeah. No sexual violence. You know, if if this game let you smoke a doobie and then do the slot machines, phew, hell, yeah, on no earth. chance. Hell, hell on, on earth. earth. If you want to play, it'd be Catherine a hell of an again. ad. Like, because yeah. then you have to have a random drug testing mini game. Well, considering <laughs> there's one point in that trailer where that one of the dudes literally goes. I can't remember what he says. Something, 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 and then he goes dab, or, or something like that in the in the thing. <laughs> just hit him with a dab, you know. <laughs> well, that's a very basketball thing. So, right, Ashley's like sports. Ash I, I the, can't. I can't make fun of that. Ashley's the two. I don't think those two words have gone together. Shut up. <laughs> um, sports. Sports. <laughs> <laughs> Something else we got this week is a bunch of Cyberpunk 2077 news stories. Uh, so the first one from IGN, it says, Cyberpunk 2077, almost all cutscenes will now uh, will be in first-person perspective. Uh, since the core gameplay of Cyberpunk 2077 
is also first person. This means that players will rarely see their character's appearance. The studio's global community lead, Marsh Markin Mormont, says that this is a deliberate decision that prioritizes narrative flow. He tweeted, quote, achieving full immersion in an FPP game is extremely important and a decision made by a team to get to go 100% first person in Cyberpunk game is something that will benefit it greatly from gameplay and storytelling perspectives. He added that players would still be able to see what their characters look like in the inventory to screen, during driving sequences, in reflections, and very occasionally in some cutscenes. Any sex scenes in the game will play out from a first person perspective, according to the official Cyberpunk 2077 Twitter account. Um... There's continues, yeah, continues on here. It says in an interview by German website Night Night City Life, translated on the Cyberpunk 2077 forums, points out that the tight spaces building buildings in Cyberpunk are much better suited to the first person than the open landscapes of The Witcher. Senior level designer at CG Project Red, Miles Tost, explained that third person means developers need to leave a bit of extra space at a building's entrance to allow the camera to sweep in behind without bugging out. First person means they don't have to worry about that. Um, so this is somewhat interesting because there's always been, this game's always had weird dilemmas and questions and upsetting people over its first person, third person stuff since day one. Of course, when the game was originally revealed, everyone kind of spat it because they, when they announced it was going to be a first person game, everyone was like, uh, I don't, I don't like playing first person games. I like the Witcher though. I want to be able to play the next game. Why can't you make it third person? Why can't you give us options to do it? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, at that time they explained basically the same sort of thing about how like because cyberpunk's designed around these very tall narrow building sections and and cities and whatever else that um a first person game made sense at the time but we did see from the start since the get-go that all of the cutscenes and whatever else would always be playing out in um third person though they have now made the decision to change that uh seemingly rather late in the development cycle i would say which is the interesting part of all all of this i think because uh cyberpunk comes out I can't remember the exact date, but uh, you know, March, I was March say, next year. Yeah, very early March next year, year, March. So, um, last six months or whatever to go, basically. Um, odd time to make that decision, I guess. But, um, Kieran, April, what, sorry, April 16 next year. Still, still early next year. It's like still close. Yeah. Um, still Kieran, what, fine. what do you make of this, Kieran? Uh, I'm really interested by this. I think my biggest point for me as a gamer is. Comparing this to Skyrim, and Skyrim is already a pile of jank, and you do get the option to play that game in third person or first person. When it's in third person, it's an even bigger pile of jankiness. Like, I think if you are going to curate a game to be in first person, I think you should play... Like, you, the player should play in first person. Like, yes, I understand the right of choice, and giving everybody choice so they can play it in however they like is good, but... There's another thing where it's playing the game from the intended point of view or where the, the director or where the game developers have made the game. I think it's interesting that they've made this decision this late, especially with some of the cutscenes or trailers that we've been seeing at E3 over the years have been about the third-person view of the character, not about a first-person view of the character. So I think... It changes it. I like it. I like the idea of it being in first person and only being in first person. But at the same time, I think it's weird that they've changed it this late, as you said. There's got to be some things they now have to tweak or fix up in cutscenes or in moments to that probably they didn't need to fix if they just left it in third person. 
Like you'd have to think, is this a decision they've had the whole time and they've only just decided to announce it? Or are they all of a sudden fixing third-person cutscenes to have them as a third-person view? It's a first-person view. It's Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Ash, what do you think? I feel like it's a non-issue. Like, I feel like this was always designed to be a first-person game. Um, they've just decided it's easier just to keep it in first-person the whole time. So, uh, especially from stuff we've seen, it makes sense. Like, people, your, your interface, like, it seems like you're being hacked and your eyes, like, mess up and stuff. Keanu Reeves shows up in your subconscious or whatever. I mean, it makes sense that it's always in first-person and you never cut away from that. So, I don't know. I, I can understand some marketing stuff is obviously been shown stuff in third person, but we all know that that's just marketing stuff. Um, I can understand people being upset that there's meant to be a higher degree of customization and that's pretty much never going to be seen in the game except for in reflections and stuff. But I don't think it just means you don't have to spend so much time on customer characters, customization. Well, and when, cause, and when driving, because driving will still be in um third person if you want third it to person, be i think yeah like so yeah but you're not gonna swing the camera in front of the car or anything i will if there's a the photo mode come on <laughs> yeah there's got to be the game looks really good like i would like yeah, to enjoy... surely they'll put a photo mode in everything has a photo mode these no days. control nba it's i mean UK 20 you don't see people complaining about call of duty and battlefield being first person only no but this is not i just RPG. think it's That's because weird about it it's because people like their fan base is which coming from the witcher and cd project red are making a point of doing something that is yes the spiritually the same as the witcher but in essence very different and so i think people are being people where they're like i don't like change (laughs) you should just get over that yeah let them tell the story they how they want to tell their story my, um, <laughs> the thing that made me laugh so much about this, really, because I don't really care, to be honest, but the, I always thought the Cyberpunk had a terrible collector's edition because they ha- the, the statue that comes with it is just like the male, the, the default promote, generic promo dude. version, gen- generic male version of whatever the game. But I'm like, well, you're going to customize. That's, I always find game collector's editions where they give you a statue for a character that's super customizable, where you'll be like, that's not my character, but I guess it's the same. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, that's, yeah. I always find it really weird for games like that. It'd be like if Skyrim gave you a statue of, like, generic whatever promo version of the Dragonborn character Dragonborn or whatever. Yeah, Dragonborn oh. character. But it's like, that's not my character. So, yeah, I always found that quite odd. And this kind of makes it even weirder because now you'll see, potentially, if you just leave the character very generic the whole game, you'll see a generic version of character that you have the statue on your shelf even less now. So, yeah. I don't like that collection. Um, so another thing that was setting off the internet last week about Cyberpunk was uh, this other story coming from IGN as well. Dev explains why there's no character gender option anymore. CD Projekt Red is doing away with traditional character gender options in Cyberpunk 27.7 to keep with the Cyberpunk ethos of the genre. The developer confirmed the latest development in a new interview. Metro caught up with Cyberpunk CD Projekt Red senior concept artist Marth Jonkers to talk more about the world building in Cyberpunk and how that manifests in the gameplay. Specifically, Metro asked about the gender in uh, Cyberpunk and an area that CD Projekt Red received criticism for in the past. Junker said the developers are working to make Cyberpunk really inclusive. The result 
The resu- this resulted in gameplay design choices like an expanded character customization menu, uh, saying, quote, our character creation menu, for instance, compared to the last demo, we now give you so many more options. For instance, you don't choose your gender anymore. You don't choose I want to be female or male character. You now choose a body type because we want you to feel free to, char- to create any character you want. CD Projekt Red already revealed that ca- character customization will fe- feature prominently in Cyberpunk, but the developers are opting out of strict binaries for things like gender. Instead, players can choose a body type and two voice options, saying, quote, one that's male-sounding, one that is female-sounding, sa- you can mix and match. You can just connect them in any way you want. Uh, f- players will be able to further customize the characters with tattoos, hairstyles, skin tones, etc., etc., etc. So... For some reason, everyone got really weird about this story. There was, well, why do I say for some reason? Let's be honest. There's a certain group of people would get weird about this. But the thing that was doing my head in so much is like, and I like someone responded to me when I tweeted about it. It was like, well, well, they shouldn't have brought attention to it in the first place. And I was like, it's their fault they're copying so much criticism for it. Because when this article was posted, there was the PC gamer version of the article was getting like heaps of, comments in it and um big people were like quote retweeting it from angry joe to then like alana pierce responding to him and all this other stuff along these lines and um yeah so the person who responded to me was like oh it's their fault because they shouldn't have brought attention to it and i was like they got asked about it in an interview it's not like they put out yeah. a um press release press release <laughs> saying like hey our game no longer has a binary like proper just straight up male female gen- uh, gender choice for they got asked in an interview from the Metro thing, and it's a rather lengthy interview where they ask a very big variety of questions from gameplay to uh, the setting to what what have you. And one of the questions just so happened to be about the um, uh, the criticism that they copped at E3 for a lot of um, what people consider transphobic jokes on posters that were inside the game. And when they got asked about that, they brought up the fact that they're working to better the game and how they got rid of all this stuff. So how, but then that part of the interview, of course, got turned into an article and that caused the whole, where we ended up now here. But the thing to me, cause this much like the other thing is a non-story to me because I'm just like, good, cool. I'm like, it's like, it's a fucking cyberpunk game. Why are people getting angry that you can, the whole game's literally about turning yourself into a fucking robot, basically. The whole game <laughs> is about augmenting yourself and changing yourself, and you're playing a character. It's just, it's, it's not an issue. It's not a problem. Do you like it's? People are like, what if I want to be a male in the game? Still make binary characters. So yeah, yeah still make a dude. Still make a dude. Make a cis white gendered dude with the straight as fuck. Yeah, but people you know, get angry like, because they can't just click a button that says, I am male. They have I'd be to, interested to know if they've taken out all pronouns, though. Uh, that's a, that's the interesting thing. Yeah, I, I find that hard to believe. Because just from a writing point of view, that would be difficult. Yeah, I find that very hard to believe. Like, Unless they put like a pronoun. I don't think, I don't think it would go to the extent of you choosing your character's pronouns. That means I I, think th- it would- they would have to record everything tw- like three times over, basically, and have like... He, she, they. And you would never option. you would never please everyone. Like, I still think there would be a group of people that got left out. If you specifically recorded those three, there would yeah, it'd be a whole thing. Yeah, the the thing that yeah, there's That'd be a step in the right direction though. It is or, a step in the in right ser- direction. In opinion. It's a step in the right direction, definitely, for this game, because it has just been getting um and I think rightfully so, because I was someone who saw the stuff at E3 and was like, that's a bit weird but 
okay. <laughs> um, so it's, it seems they are actually at least listening to the the criticism and trying to make it better. And that's because, like, this thing, like, to me, cyberpunk um, is a genre where most of the games and stuff that I've played, like, the, the last couple of my favorite cyberpunk set games, um, in particular, one I played last year I really, really loved, uh, they were all like visual novel type cyberpunk games and they were all very much about um exploring for lbg2 go plus themes and stuff involved in them which to me is like a big part of the cyberpunk genre so i always found it weird that this game and this is what one thing i've always brought up when talking about it i always found it weird that this game from the get-go always just seemed to be very much about fucking big guns and shiny neon lights and shit and i'm like nah that's cool bit more substance would be good too but like i think it does have that substance though i think there is that question of what makes us human and what what but i think it's hard to market a game on just that how if you market a game on that you kind of look like pandering detroit or you're pandering or yes you're selling on big guns but of course you're gonna sell on big guns and shiny electronics and shit Mm. but once i think the experience itself as a game is going to explore that theme and explore that as a whole as a major part of the story that i i'm I'm not worried about it not kind of featuring that it always just became a bigger worry for me because they were constantly having uh stuff pop up in game or stuff behind the scenes happen like their social media people twinning out like fucking transphobic jokes on the their twitter accounts and stuff like that and it's always you, you add all these things together and it's hard not to be like, mm, like but you gotta remember those are just individuals it's i know it is it is 100 percent. but at the same time it is hard not to see stuff like that and be like mm. and it's it's hard to and then it's not an excuse but like they like it is a slavic kind of it is po- like poland they probably isn't as progressive as places that we live in the other wow. parts of the western world Why call out poland i'm sorry poland i'm just I, and that's the thing where i'm it's sorry not poland. an excuse <laughs> it's not an excuse it's not a statement like they are they do seem to be for me they've never done one of these mistakes and it's never seemed like they haven't been apologetic or they haven't realized that they fucked up by doing it i feel like and that might be just because i love cd project red and i want to see the best out of them but I feel like they they are trying to better themselves and trying to be better. Most of their issues, well, because there's been a whole bunch. Even like the because uh, they own GOG, and then the GOG Twitter Twitter account one time was making like a gamer gator joke, um, posting memes about pissing on journalists. That was like, maybe that's not a thing that we do. <laughs> um, and then other times they've had like there was a whole thing that Kotaku posted about them last year uh, having huge like uh crunch problems within the studio and these yes. sorts of things which uh jason schreier asked uh, i can't remember the, the heads the oh, fuck i think it starts with m i can't remember it. the the lead dude that the head of the studio who was at e3 jason schreier once again asked him about those problems at e3 and he was saying that that's something they're working on so it does it, it does seem every time someone calls them out for stuff for stuff they seem to at least step in the right direction but then it's always like it, it, for one reason or another, unfortunately, every time it's like, oh, that's nice that they're accepting and sounds like they're trying to do better. And then like a month later, something else happens. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> but like this time, this time, what, like, 
this time they've done something organically to make their game a better place. Like they've made this choice. It's been like they're in a no win situation with this being interviewed and asked about this question. Cause either they come out and say it and a big, you know, and that group of people will be angry about it and will have a problem with it. Or they hide it until the game, they, they hide it or they avoid addressing it. And then when the game comes out, they're still angry and being on top of angry, this group of people will be like, you lied to us or you never brought it up or whatever. It's just, I feel it's hard to be a fucking any kind of public figures or group anymore. It's fucked. It was really quite a good interview for Metro. Like, because everything else is like, whatever cyberpunk stuff but it's just this one random question they got to ask where they got brand new information like this and it's like oh damn like here we are <laughs> let's go ham <laughs> on this stuff uh so the 15 minute gameplay trail oh it wasn't trailer 15 minute gameplay i guess that got dropped early in the week as well i haven't actually had a chance to sit down and watch it for through myself um that's because i refuse to watch it on my phone and i keep being like i'll oh, watch it later on my tv i keep watching it later on my tv and i just never got around to it but karen you have checked it out so do you want to explain what the the footage goes through um so i've watched it a couple times so it breaks down um it, it breaks down a mission of the game, but it's played. The mission of the game is played out from do, two different playstyles. It's played out from side by side, or style. they rewind it after, or something. No. So this is this is my only problem with the trailer. So they play through p- two playstyles. One is a, like a solo, very aggressive, full frontal assault kind of build, and the other one is a net runner who's a lot more stealthier, hacking into stuff mm-hmm. um, and finding better ways to do things. The problem I have with the trailer is that it isn't just. Here, watch this playthrough. Here, watch this playthrough. They cut back and forth. It's not, it doesn't even cut back and forth. It's a very edited, which overall has good points, has bad points as well. It's like an edited 15 minutes of the first probably 10 minutes is a narrator explaining the lore of the game, what's going on. Uh, the different aspects of the gangs that are involved in this mission, giving you a lot of kind of background and stuff. And then it probably spends two and a half minutes with each playstyle showing up, showing a cut up and edited version of that playstyle. So you're not just watching somebody play through the mission. The narrator is explaining heavily what is going on or what the options are. And it's, you don't really see full sets of gameplay. You just see more options. Um, I think the thing that this gave me was... Holy crap, this game looks like DSX, but the way I wanted it to be. Like, it just looks very much the same with, like, the abilities and the skill trees for it. And there's no real classes. You just skill however you want to skill in the game. Um, Which both excited me and worried me because I wanted Deus Ex to be a good game. Are you talking about Humankind Mankind Revolution? uh, The last one, Mankind mankind Divided. Human Revolution. Oh. Human, no, Human Revolution was like, which? God damn it, I can't. I haven't played, it just I haven't played either. Never gonna so. make Those two. Those are always what I wanted, but the gameplay wasn't fluid enough for me. I always had problems with how it played. Uh, I'm hoping this is what this is. I hope it doesn't have some of the pitfalls that I think those games had. Um, I really like the customization. I liked the... They showed you glimpses of uh, Johnny Silverhand, who is Keanu Reeves' character. More of a fact that it showed you the playthrough kind of without him. And then in the last like 20, 30 seconds, 
it showed you scenes from that playthrough, but with Johnny Silverhand about with how he's interacting with it or how you can interact with him. It's very much like a Tyler Durden situation from yeah. Fight Club where he'll hang around in situations and he'll interact with you and talk, but nobody else can say anything. I'm really interested when it comes to him because he's one of, like, there's three other characters you can choose from at the start of the game. And I'm wondering if that changes which character you're interacting with in this way or if you're getting I would Johnny the so. entire way I through. think it's going to change which character you're yeah, interacting with. Yeah, which interests me on how... Um, it interests me on what that's going to be like, how the other characters are going to play out. But also it, it does feature heavily on the branching skill parts and the branching story parts of the game of how much changes. And a lot of games that come up with these branching story parts, they're still like, yeah, but how many branching story parts are there really? And we are getting to the point in games where it gets kind of ridiculous with how many different minor choices or changes there are to it. I Detroit. don't think... Yeah, Detroit, yeah. I don't think it did a very good job because of its edited nature to sell on how those things are going to be different or what's going to happen because of it. But I mean, it's hard to sell in Yeah, it's game. hard to sell in a Yeah, it's hard to sell in a game. In and you a don't want to spoil stuff as well, so. Exactly. So, and that was the thing. This is bless God bless CD Project Red for having a spoiler warning inside their own trailer. They're like, at like the first 20, 30 seconds inside the trailer, the trailer kind of stops and says, we've tried to edit as much spoilers out of this mission as possible because this is a main story mission, but there are still spoilers ahead. So turn off if you don't want to be spoiled. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really excited for Cyberpunk. It's going to be my game of next year. I already know it. Uh, it's just, it's interesting what they're showing already. Look at you over here, just calling game of year already. Jesus, who do you think you are? I know, Bobby I'm just Watson? calling game of year 2020. You know, I got it right I mean, here. Just uh, Wow, he's not like he's the first person to do that. <laughs> no. Call no, it a game way ahead. Way ahead in the year that's kind of a weird year because it's going to be, you know, the start of a new console generation. So Yeah, it means you can buy it at the start of the year and then you can buy it again when it's re-released later in the year. Hell yeah, Will. Hell, even though I'm probably going to buy it on PC. Yeah. We can yeah. buy it on PC and then buy it on the <laughs> <laughs> Buy it on Xbox Seven. I don't want to get it on a console. I don't want to get it on a console. The new PlayStation 5 comes you can buy Cyberpunk on launch week. Oh boy, sign me up. Sign me up. Um Alright. Next story was an interesting one from this past week. Uh Kotaku writes, Jason Shry. Two people who didn't work at Telltale Games say they're bringing back Telltale Games. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, continues on. Telltale Games is back. Well, at least the name is. A group of investors announced plans today to revive the iconic studio, which shut down late September. Uh, last September, sorry. Although with the company's staff having scattered to the winds, this seems like le less like a revival and more like one of Clementine's enemies. Today... Jamie Ottil, Ottil and Brian Waddle, two men who did not work at Telltale Games, told press that they had secured the rights of the company's name and some of its licenses, and that they will be reviving the company in Malibu, California. Malibu? Malibu, yeah, Malibu. Malibu. Sorry, I, for a Maybe. second there, I missed the, the, the L or something, but then I saw it was there. For a, for a second, I thought that the word was a figment of my yeah. imagination. Um, continuing. The... Uh, 
Otil's background is in mobile license development, including Duck Dynasty and Power Rangers, while Waddle, Waddle worked at the outsourcing company Virtuous and the physics software maker Havoc. The money for this venture is coming from a publisher called Athlon Games, a subsidiary of the Chinese video game holding company Leo, Leo, as well as a group of executives who have worked for game publishers like Rebellion and Starbreeze. In other words, a bunch of people are taking a familiar, beloved name and slapping it on something brand new. Telltale Games, of course, was the company responsible for critical acclaimed adventure games like The Walking Dead and Tales from the Borderlands before unexpectedly closing in September 2018. And what about the people who worked at the old Telltale Games? Polygon spoke to Attil, who told them, and I'm quoting Polygon here, quote, that some workers from the original Telltale Games will be offered freelance roles with full-time positions possible in the future. Attil also told Polygon that they plan to resell some of the old Telltale Games, many of which have been delisted from uh, digital stores and try to continue making new ones. It remains unclear just how many Telltale staff will be working with this new company in Malibu. Um, headlines across the internet this morning have declared that Telltale Games is back, but as always, it's important to remember that brands don't make video games, people do, and this reboot of Telltale Games has enough red flags to set off a rodeo. Ash, how do you feel about this story? So I was on Facebook earlier, and I saw that the Telltale Games page updated their profile picture. Oh, good. To be uh, uh, from The Wolf Among Us, and then they cover their, changed their cover photo to be from... Uh, Batman. It just had it just had an icky feeling in my stomach, just looking at it, knowing that barely anyone from the, who made those games is involved in the new Telltale. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge fan, especially seeing as they do apparently they do have the licenses for Wolf Among Us and Batman, so they're yeah, going to be working on those games in the grabbed. future. Um, yeah, it just doesn't sit right because obviously those games were so were in in planning stages at least. And then the the initial people won't be working on it. I guess it just feels weird. It just feels like they're 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 bringing back something and just change all the insides. I guess I don't know. It, Is it the same thing? Is a person still a person if you remove all their organs and put then put different organs in it? Yes, probably. That's not a great <laughs> Actually, analogy. It's like it's like if somebody from your family, not your close family, but your extended family passed away but then two weeks later somebody was wearing their clothes and pretending to be them with their face yeah with their face yeah they just had their face but you knew it wasn't them yeah it's like that it's just no my um it's the the thing with the whole what the both those licenses right so Batman the Batman series possible for Among Us like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have really mind so much if another company came in and brought the licenses and they were like, Hey, we're so and so company, we're gonna purchase the licenses to these and we're going to continue them. I feel like that would have been less icky, because then you just know it's like it's someone else coming in to pick it up, not someone else coming in pretending to be the old company and picking it up. Um also the name thing's weird to me because at least when THQ Nordic started up, they had the decency yeah. to stick Nordic at the end. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a yeah. Different. They, so you know it's not the exact same thing. Yeah, like they were, they were, they were playing towards the thing of people recognizing the brand name THQ, but there was still, you could tell the difference between 
OG THQ time because that's just called THQ and now it's called THQ Nordic, obviously. But this is just going to be Telltale Games again. So uh, it's quite odd. Also, the whole thing about, oh, we'll offer the people that used to work here freelance positions. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure they just don't have the money to guarantee people full-time jobs. That's why. If you have money to guarantee... That would be my assumption. (laughs) That, and they're setting up in Malibu where... Uh, Telltale was based out of San Francisco, so I'm sure a lot of the Telltale people have scattered across the entire country since. So yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Um, the the other interesting yeah. thing with this is just, and I think this is more relevant to video games than any other entertainment industry. People have a thing about associating uh company names, brand names, however you want to put it, to a product more than any other industry. I think you know people always be like, oh, Unchart, um, Naughty Dog made this. Who's Naughty Dog? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, the ones that made Uncharted. Yeah, but yeah, the, my people make the games. Companies don't make the games. But so you think about movie, right? No one's like Warner Brothers made this. No, you. It's a Quint Tarantino movie. But even then, like that whole description where you you just call out a director is still kind of weird. Even though I do it, and I'll could probably continue to do it. But even then, it's still like, well, they are the director, but there are like writers producers cinematographers you know editors like there's so many people involved in making movies but at least with movies you'll be like oh it's a such a so-and-so movie you know it's a fucking james cameron movie it's a you know people you associate names more than yep. brands you're not like who is distributing who is publishing putting this movie there's some of that to a degree but it's more of like a category ta- cataloging thing so like when i see a24 these days you know a24 is probably one of my go-to if i see that logo pop up in the trailer i'm like intrigued but it's not because i think they're the ones making the movie it's just that i think that they are a good company uh they're a company that's good at collecting good choice yeah, they, they get people they get the products in and i know that whatever they're serving me is probably going to be good inside there it's not the same sort of thing but yeah hmm. within video games people have this really weird thing where they always like company names working on us insomniac games are so good at this uh so-and-so games are really good at this blah 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 no one ever really knows names apart from a, a few core people um and even then it's like if if a really famous person so say Corey barlog who's like one of the more, more famous like developer names at, at the moment right say he leaves and he goes and starts off another studio people well, remember his name somewhat, but I guarantee you he, he wouldn't like stick to where he is now, like within the, the placement he's in. It's like Kojima leaving Konami. Like it's making his own thing. It's still a Kojima. Like he's, he's still going to change what he does, even though it's still Hideo Kojima. Like Ko- Kojima is like a very rare, he is like one of the rare exceptions. He is super rare. Though. Where yeah. people will, yeah, anything that's coming from him, and this is not, but this is the complete opposite where I was talking about this a couple episodes ago. Where, if, and I, because I found it icky at the, um, the what's my call opening show, uh, the Gamescom opening show where Jeff Keighley's up there being like, Hideo has been working really hard on this game and he took the time to fly out here to spend some time with us. And I was like, Hideo's been weird. I'm sure he has, but at the same time, I found it really weird because they're like, everyone clap for him coming down here to see us while everyone's still back at base working on the game yeah. still. Work hasn't stopped. <laughs> like, work hasn't stopped on this I was this like, game. there's no need to get down and fucking praise him for coming down here to do this. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure they made them all stop and watch Opening Night Live. So yeah, I'm sure they fucking They probably did. weren't working. Yeah. We are in the crunch time now. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like a... 
a weird thing. And, and, and that's why um, the Telltale thing happens with this, where they buy the name, and the reason they wouldn't just buy the properties under a different company is because they know that's how the video game industry works, and they know that people who aren't 100% in tune with the industry, if they see that Telltale Games have suddenly put out Wolf Among Us Season 2, they go, I like the first season of Wolf Among Us Season 1, I'm quite happy yeah. to buy it. They will tell absolutely zero difference, and that's because brand recognition I mean, is more than... I, think, look I at the comment, think we- Facebook comments under those posts... Everyone's super Everybody's happy. super excited. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah, Everyone's fuck yeah, so, can't wait, blah, blah, blah. But it's so Yeah, conf- I love the other games, yeah. I, I don't understand it at all to me because I'm like, are people that naive to think that you buy company name, suddenly the company puts out the same products? Like, who the fuck do you think was making them? None of those people are there. Literally none of them. Well, there's some. Well, they've hired a, a couple group. or whatever yeah. people and whatever else, but still, like the the amount of people there, it's like it might as well be. It's not the team. It's 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 scattered remnants, especially in people. I don't think they've got people in head creative roles, which would would at least get the same sort of voice. Yeah, especially for these but, games, which are story led narrative games. <laughs> yeah, I find it really weird that we're gonna live in a world, or we do live in a world where. There is a company called Telltale Games, but they don't own the rights to a Walking Dead game. Like, I feel yeah. that's really weird that that just... And I understand at the same time, if they had bought that license and then immediately started to put a game out for it, it would be fucking weird. I kind of like how they, they, it's spread out now because I think that we'll actually get more of those Walking Dead Telltale games. Um, not... They won't be called Telltale Walking Dead games, but I think we're going to get more from those from Skybound in the future at some point. I think that's what's going to end up happening because Skybound's now opened its own developing side on top of its publishing side and whatever else. So, Could you imagine playing a Telltale game that isn't in the Telltale formula that we know? Yeah, I played Life is Strange. Like, it's just... Well, okay. (laughs) I mean, but from a company called Telltale. Like, from Telltale That's what they were working on. They were working on that next engine that was going to change everything. But the way so they so I wonder how much tech they've. I assume they get all yeah. the tech and everything as well. So I presume the assets, Don't everything know. they had. Yeah, it's, we'll know. probably never know. Um, that, that's the thing. That's that, the other thing. I've, it's just the financial side as well that they've come in and pretty much bought the company for cents on the dollar. Yeah, because the company was. Nothing. They could have come in and saved the company when it was on its last legs, potentially. But well, probably they couldn't. It was more. It it sounds more than anything an opportunistic opportunity that showed yeah. up. Business is business, but at the same time, it's definitely icky. And they they could come out with their first game, and it could be good, and that's great. I could fucking review their first game. I could give it an eight, and I don't think that's going to change how I feel about this scenario we're there. in now, yeah. where it does feel icky. I, I'm not going to hold that against them to the point that I will be like, I'm not playing their games because it's it's not that kind of deal. It's not s- some sort of like that thing where you're, you're suddenly like, I refuse to play their games because I've done some fucked up shit. It's not that. It's just at the moment with the news announcement and everything, it's just like, it's a bit it's a bit weird. I know. Couldn't you have just called the company something else and announced you brought the licenses or at least do the whole THQ Nordic thing? Even that would have helped me feel a little bit better about it. Telltale just something or so- whatever to else malibu malibu something like that so it's just not yeah but this is the video game yeah. industry and as i'm saying brand recognition is just everything um for this sort of stuff yeah. 
Um, and if you're in, if you're Hideo, your brand is actually your name, not your company. So it works out quite well for him because then you can just name the brand. <laughs> well, I mean, name. his name is yeah, the company. That's why so. you get to name the brand, the, 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 you name the company. Uh, all right, next thing. Can't get fired from your own company with your name in it. Well, we'll see about that. Um, next Balls. thing comes from <laughs> Press Start. says, Melbourne is getting the largest games and esports space in the Southern Hem- Hemisphere. Fortress Esports has today announced that the largest video game and esports venue in the Southern Hemisphere is coming to Emporium, Melbourne. It's called Fortress Melbourne and will span 2,700 uh, square meters across two floors. It'll open doors in early 2020. We'll house gaming PCs, console gaming suits, uh, suites, dedicated streamer pods, RPG and tabletop play areas, function rooms, a restaurant, two bars, and a 200-seat purpose-built esports arena with production facilities. And then they've got the full list of stuff here. Uh, the multi-level, multi-purpose entertainment phase will, will feature a purpose-built dedicated esports arena with a tractable 200-seat grandstand on lower ground, 50-plus net- networked PCs and uh, arena when seating is retracted, esports sports bar to complement arena broadcast and production facilities 400 plus square themed basement tavern bar and restaurant dedicated 56 pc lounge pc land lounge four streamer pods 200 plus square meter function room with 40 extra pcs for private events and birthday parties dedicated area for rpg and tabletop gaming professional esports boot camp room and training facilities Five plus big screens across both floors of the venue, broadcasting live tournaments and international playoffs year round. Purpose built casual console gaming, casual consoles gaming suite throughout the venue. Merchandise store of e brand, uh, esports branded apparel and uh, tech. So, uh, Karen, you live in Melbourne. You you, mm-hmm. you used to like esports. Yeah, <laughs> couple out. I do still like esports a lot. I do still like esports a lot. It's even okay. Though I've gone, you don't you have know. to watch. St- you don't have to stop watching. As I said, I still watch fucking league, league. stuff. No, not no every I week, still, but... I'm still very much invested in not just Overwatch league. Yeah. But so what, what, do you, what do you make of this? And uh, Are you really going to be salty think... about a cool venue opening up in Melbourne? I'm not going to be salty. I'm just really pessimistic because anywhere that sounds cool when they announce it is just kind of like, it's just in the past when it's to do with esports, it's just kind of been doomed to fail. It's like, there's not, if they can find a way to make themselves relevant to, you know, consistently getting people in their doors when there isn't events on, yeah, cool, it's going to work. But if they're... And it sounds like they're trying to plan for a situation where they're not relying on the events to bring people in. Um, it's going to be a good option for tournaments in esports to put their people in seats in a LAN environment because there's not really a LAN environment anywhere in Australia. But at the same time, it's... I, like, I don't think Australia... Like The biggest problem at the minute in Australia is we're not big enough as an esports community because, and it's not even something to do with about the player base. It's, it's just because our internet fucking sucks. Like it's literally the hardest thing about it is our internet sucks. So if anybody wants to come and compete in Australian tournaments, they need to come to Australia and that's not worth it. Like for until last year and the year before with the Counter-Strike events, it was so fucking hard to get any, important teams or important counter-strike personalities to attend such events 
Like they had to freaking have an event at the Sydney Opera House to get people enticed to coming down and playing an event here. We just had the Melbourne Esports Open and it's it was such a big event and it looked like it had really good reception. Yeah, I just was- I just looked that up to get the numbers because I thought it might be relevant. So on their Twitter page, Melbourne Esports Open said they had over 17,000 uh, people attend this year. Which doesn't sound like that much. I think it's a lot like for... It's a, it's a lot for esports. Don't get me wrong. Even for a, uh, an event like that in a second year. It's a, a very niche event. In its second year. In second year. Yeah. I think yeah, but I'm saying for something for ongoing where it's like... Okay, it's a fucking cool. bar, and, though. And <laughs> it's a bar, but it depends on its exact location. It depends the Emporium on the, in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on like how many people they're going to be there to give it regular business. How many nerds are going to be there to actually attend it. Because it's not going to be... A place where you know there's there's they've already sectioned off their community base a little bit, and so you just gotta hope people come. I don't know. I'll say my judgment until I actually go to it. I like it. I like the sound of it. Having boot camp stuff there is really cool, and you can tell that it's been made by somebody who's thinking about esports in the future and future proving itself for esports. But maybe it's just coming too early. Maybe. Ash, what do you we'll see. what do you make of this? I mean, if they pull it off in the way that they're saying they're going to pull it off, I mean, it sounds pretty cool. Um, how feasible it is on a day to day basis will be interesting. Like, is there going to be esports events that people want to see every single day that will get people into the bars and the restaurants? Um, is it just going to end up being a really fancy looking internet cafe? Who knows? Yeah. I think this sounds really cool. To be honest, and I think it, it sounds does. cool. Don't get me wrong; it sounds really cool. It sounds fucking great. I think the the thing that the one thing you like saying about getting like having events on to get people in there. I don't think it matters honestly because people go to people just go to bars on Friday nights as is random sports bars to fucking drink with their friends, and they're happy to watch whatever random ass sports on the TV at the time, you know. But is there going to be a stigmatism around going to a random esports bar? I and who's going to create this? Who's going to create this? The stigma. It's just like it's not even like it's just. There's already a, a, a there'd already be like a when somebody says esports, so many people in the world will think if you tell them esports, they'll think of five or six people sitting in a basement in the dark playing video games together. Well, who the fuck? Like, why does this matter for this? Like, are you inviting those people to this place? Like, No, but that's the thing. Like, you've already sectioned off your amount of people that are going to be randomly walking into this bar to drink. I, d- I don't know. It's it's something... I'm just pessimistic on it because anything to do with esports or gaming in a bar function just doesn't seem to work very well or seems doomed to failure. I think this will go really well, especially because Melbourne is basically at this stage set up as the esports hub of Australia. So, like, if, if this was in any other city, I would be, like, even Sydney, I would be, like, mm, I don't know, like, I don't know how this is going to go, but w- w- we kind of know that over the last couple of years, all these people keep oh, big esports events are happening in Melbourne, esports stuff always happening in Melbourne, uh, esports streamers and whatever else moving to Melbourne constantly, whatever else, uh, it's, it, Melbourne's just kind if, of becoming games hub central and esports hub central. If this place opens and closer to its opening, it goes to me. It announces we've got deals with OPL for League of Legends, Overwatch League contenders, uh, and say Counter Strike. 
we have deals with their esports leagues to bring players and to have events here regularly, I'll be fucking on board. I'll be like, yep, you're doing it right. Good. Go for it. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah. I suppose you'll find out announcements for those sorts of like regular um, yeah. things. Because I, I don't, re- they're never going to use that uh, the actual seated uh, like grandstand area or whatever. That's not going to be happening nightly. That'll be like once a no, weekend. No, of course obviously. not. It won't happen nightly, but yeah. it's got to have been regularly enough for it to justify the fact of that shit. I think as long there. as they've got something like twice a week, like Friday night, Saturday night kind of thing, um, yeah. some events happening, uh, then yeah, it should be fine. And I think that's very easy to, to, to make happen with the amount of different popular esports stuff that you can have have happened these days and of course like as much as i would never want watch it or care you can fit in a f- fucking weekly fortnight match and people will watch it so you know i whatever whatever works <laughs> whatever works uh yes yeah, it's, it's super intriguing and bottom line is like another cool place for melbourne i guess like just another tick in melbourne's box i guess uh i'm surprised how big it is to 27,000 square massive. feet. fucking massive. Like, to have a restaurant and shit in there is crazy. Inside a shopping center. I mean, it's weird. I don't know. The math just doesn't seem right. Two stories. It interests me to see how the shopping center will affect, <laughs> like, the opening hours of the place, or if they'll have an external. I'm sure they'll door. just... They'll have an external entrance or something, but yeah. Well, yeah. Probably have some sort of external, so they can be open till late or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Other places do that. So um place I went to in Sydney did that as well, I think, after the supermarket closed once. Um all right, last story talking about Melbourne. We uh, PAX Australia News has kind of officially kicked off as the PAX Australia Indie Showcase winners were announced. Well, five of six of them. Uh wrote up for the website. The PAX Oz Indie Showcase is a fantastic opportunity for Australian New Zealand developers to show off some of their best they have to offer. Last year's selection of games was fantastic and the games were always packed right at the convention show floor entrance. Expect this year to be no different. So take a look at this year's games. Some kind of run through them. These, of course, if you haven't been to PAX or you went to PAX and you don't pay attention to what this is. Uh last year, and I presume they'll have them situated in basically the same spot this year, right at the entrance of packs basically as you walk in right on your left this is where these these games were these indie showcase winners and they were the exact same spot the year before so i or no actually they weren't they were the opposite end actually last year they were right at the front well, though. pretty close they were pretty close either way they're a big centerpiece of course because it's like heaps of people heaps of de- devs imply and then they pick out six games and they pump them and it's good it's a massive opportunity um previous games have included like guards between and um, stuff like that. So last year was Spin Rhythm, Infliction, uh, Double Shot, Dissembler, uh, Major League Teleblast, and Mars Underground. Which so. I think the only one I looked at was Mars Underground. I think yeah. it's fun. Um, That's the only one I remember. Uh, Pax West was just on, and they uh, they took Infliction over there. Uh, Bl- uh, Blowfish Studios, whatever. Yeah. Um, they took it over there and like showed it off in their in their booth there, and I kept seeing people even like uh, Brittany from What's Good Games being like, "Oh my god, this game I played it was so scary and all this stuff." So it, it always like I find it so funny sometimes how games could just literally slip so under some people's radars that they can still be kind of touring this game a year later in a different country and kind of acting like it's a new story when I played it. It released like five months ago. It released like two weeks before yep. PAX last year, and I 
played it back then. So yeah, um, at- we are really get grateful for Infliction here at the Explosion Network. Uh, yeah, it does. Good. My review does good numbers on the website consistently. <laughs> Very consistently. Uh, I guess people are finding videos googling. I don't know, but uh, so the first game is Death Hole. So the description for this one reads: Be brave and enter Death Hole, where monstrous blob will be hot on your heels as you escape its abysmal uh, lair. Uh, this is a mobile game that is out. So actually, I can tell you that I've played this one because I downloaded it. It costs $4.49, and I, I, I played this one for about half an hour the other day. It's actually kind of uh, addicting fun. It's a bit of a hard platformer, but it's because of the whole thing where you die and you're like, fuck, I can do better, and I'll, I'll try again and go for it. So it's basically you have to run across all these. There'll be spikes like coming out. There'll be things coming. There's a monster chasing you at the, from behind, so you've got to keep moving constantly. Um, and it controls pretty well. Like you've, you've simply got like le- left, right, like kind of buttons on the screen and then one button that's they'll make you jump and you don't have to click to actually on the buttons it just has to be in that general area of the the screen to go left or right and then the general button to make you, you yourself jump so you don't need to worry too much about it and you can play it either vertical or horizontal on your phone which i always think is a neat thing to have because then if you prefer to play one way or another um it's got a really cool art style the the music was good so um i'm keen to continue checking that one out for a bit and uh, i liked what i Thought in my quick half hour, but if you'd not like to pay four dollars forty nine, you can play it for free when you come to PAX Australia and see what you reckon. Then you're not really playing it for free because you have to pay. Yeah, to but get no in. one's paying. So technically, you're paying. No one's paying to come in than... to play this game. <laughs> well, you never know. You've just advertised it to them so well, and you you gave them the option of either you know buying it for uh, sixty or... seventy dollars for a one day pass to come in and play it. Or just somebody might four dollars forty nine. You know, I don't somebody know. prove him wrong. Videotape yourself walking into packs, playing this game, and then leaving, and then walking out. Well, if you do yeah, that, make sure leave. to mention to it. Thomas Jansen and Gareth Wico, who I don't know if they're both going to be there, but two people that made the game. Uh, make sure to mention that the reason you came to packs is because you listened to this podcast and you had to <laughs> had to spend sixty seventy dollars to try it out instead of four forty nine. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> uh, next game, well, Android users. Oh, really? yeah, good point. Yeah, it's only on iPhone, actually. Yeah, that is... Got them there, don't you? <laughs> if, you have a, if you have a decent phone, you'll have to go to PAX to go check it out. <laughs> got it. Yeah. Got him. <laughs> uh, okay, next game is XO1, uh, one-man developer of J.U. Weston. Weston. Do you reckon he's going to be there? Yeah, let's... Probably. Let's, let's go ahead <laughs> and say maybe. <laughs> The description for this game is XO1 is a gravity-defined exoplanetary journey, pilot pilot an alien craft and master its unique gravity-based movement system, glide across the otherworldly landscapes, surf towering cloud formations that reach incredible speeds and heights, open a wormhole, and step through into mankind's first mission outside the solar system. So I've got to be honest, when I when I read the description the first time, I was like, I have no idea what the fuck this game is. that doesn't make me want to play it at all. I watched a gameplay video of it. Something I really wanted to play it because it looks quite stunning. It's got a really unique art style and I was kind of becoming transfixed watching the video. So I definitely feel like it's the kind of game that you could play and kind of um, just zone out in that kind of, just lose an hour of your life, yeah, just gone. I, 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 I honestly feel like it could be that sort of thing. Cause it, it's just, you kind of just gliding this spaceship up and down things it's 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 a really unique 
looking um, concept, I think. And I, I, I like the art style and the direction for it and everything else like that. As long as it doesn't control like hot garbage, that would be the, the hang up at this point, I feel for, for me personally. But I definitely feel like look up the, the trailer. Um, all the trailers are on the explosionnetwork.com news story for this if you want to find them all easily that way. Um, link will be in the description for this podcast as well. And I would suggest watching the video because honestly, that description is not very helpful at all. Um, Ash, are you looking That's at this? Right now? I think they just said in the trailer, it looks like a 3D tiny wings. That's probably the best description of what it is. That works, actually. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's a good one. Go for that. 3D tiny wings. Um, next one is called Ring of Pain, being uh, made by Simon Boxer and Twice Different. Description for it reads, roguelike flavor card game pacing, randomized chaos embracing, each card's an encounter, each turn a decision with two to four choices, test your intuition, manage inventory, optimize, learn, adapt, or face demise. So it is a, the trailer is actually pretty cool as well because it has like a voiceover that's rhyming constantly and it's very like a, Quite, in, uh, quite funny, I guess. But it's a it's a dungeon crawler where you do zero dungeon crawling and it's just the cards. So it's a it's a dungeon crawler with simply a card game. That's it. You're not you're not walking through anything and then like bumping into battles and then doing card battles. Everything is just played out through cards that you have on screen. I don't know if you like build decks or like collect stuff or whatever else. I don't know anything beyond that. And honestly, the um like you, you watch the gameplay for it, you're like, okay, so the art on some of this stuff looks interesting and whatever else. The 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 general UI layout for when these cards are coming at you, because it's just like a circle in a very blank, boring looking room, I guess. Like that would be one thing where I'm like, make that maybe a bit more interesting or something, but the, the card art itself is at least interesting. Uh but I feel like honestly, out of all of the, the games from this so far, that this is the one I'd put at the least interesting simply because it's hard to understand from that plus the trailer if i would be super intrigued to play it and we do seem to be getting a lot of card based uh games over the last 12 months even including like um oh that one that kept that steampunk uh fucking one that came out that early in the year i just can't remember the name now. the one that's like a it's a sequel but it's a card game for once for whatever reason no it was announced in a nintendo direct or whatever i can't remember the fucking name of it but getting a whole bunch of card games Ring of Pain. Yu-Gi-Oh. That's the one that just came out. That did just oh, come out. On. That did just come out. That's true. Uh, so that's coming to PC yeah, but... early 2020. And I forgot to say the one before <laughs> is coming to PC sometime in 2019 as well. So uh, next game is Unpacking by Witch Beam. Description reads, Unpacking is a Zen puzzle game about the familiar experiences of pulling possessions out of boxes and fitting them into a new home. Part item Tetris, part home decoration. You're invited to create a satisfying living space while learning clues about the life you're unpacking. Uh, this just looks like a very chill game, and I want to play it. I, 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 it's not like something I'm like, fuck yeah, give it to me now so I can play through all the levels really fast. This just seems like something I'd be quite happy to install onto my PC and sit back, relax, do a level. Because it, unlike Tetris, where it's fun to match stuff together, but then it gets really stressful because they start coming faster, and you're like, oh, God, help us all. <laughs> like, what do we do? <laughs> this is just more of a, you're just slowly at your own pace, chilling out just unpacking boxes and i um as i say in the article here when i wrote i actually like i, I have this whole thing i used to get in trouble all the time because i like rearranging stuff constantly 
I, I, and I think it actually kind of chills me out a bit sometimes. I'll be like, I don't feel like doing anything today. So I'm just going to like clean stuff or like rearrange stuff or whatever. So I, I do feel like I get a zenness from those sorts of um, things, as weird as that may be. So I've, I definitely feel like this is a game that I would like to um, play. Cool art and everything like that. Chill music. Unpack rooms. Yeah. Chillax, they say. Uh, that is scheduled to release late 2020 on PC, Linux, and Mac. Uh, Funny, this is coming out when there's so many, there's like two or three different moving games yeah, in yeah. development as well. Which I keep getting all those moving <laughs> games confused, to be honest. Like every time I see them pop up yeah. on Twitter, I'm like, which one is this again? But yeah, that this one, this is the, the the complete opposite. This is the prologue to all those. This is the no, it's the it's the sequel. Prelude. Uh, <laughs> it's the epilogue. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, the next game so, yeah. doesn't have a trailer, so this is the um, we'll get. They said they did reply to when we tweeted this out and said they're putting out a trailer soon. So uh, it's called Wayward Strand, and it's been developed by they don't have a developer name, so it's just Marigold Barlett, Jason Backer, Maze Wallen, Russell Dilly, Cologne, Cologne, I'm sure I fucked up half those people's names, but maybe our know, audience could come up with a name for that's them. pretty good. Maybe yeah. maybe you guys could band together, come up with something. Wayward Strand team. Tweet at Wayward Strand. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'm not sure. Uh, the description for the game is Wayward Strand is an interactive story about a teenage girl exploring an airborne hospital and getting to know the patients within. Which, when I read for the first time, I was like, that doesn't really tell me too much. So I went to their website and found out a whole other um, bunch of more information, which made the game sound a lot more interesting. And also on their website, I found a whole heap of screenshots I had available, which also helped me get a better understanding of what exactly the game is. And the game is basically an adventure game. It seems you're going to be exploring this place, looking around, interacting with characters, talking to them, blada, blada, blada. It has an interesting art style. I guess I would describe it as like sort of a, I don't know. It's kind of like, um, it's, 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 geez, I don't know. I was like, I, I would describe it as, and then completely lose the word, the word I had in the fucking tip of my tongue. <laughs> Developers, please feel free to use that. I would describe as it as as a quote, as a box quote. Yeah, it's a point and click. It looks like a point and click um, adventure <laughs> game, though. That's for sure. <laughs> it looks like old. I mean, it would make sense if that's actually what it's supposed to look like because they are Australian. But it does remind me of old Australian cartoons, honestly. Fantastic adventure, kind of. IGN. <laughs> Into deep, kind but of, really invested. <laughs> they've got a kind of puppety look to them, I guess. Yeah. Either way, it's unique. I like it. I like the way I like what I'm seeing. Um, but it's also set in 1970 Australia. So I guess it's like an alternate thing where there's a giant floating hospital somewhere up in the sky. In the hey, 1970s. mate, look at us flying in the yeah, air. Um, you're going to play as a girl called uh, Cassie. And basically, while you're aboard, the way they're building the game is that as much as you're interacting with people, apparently all of the AI is supposed to just run its course no matter what. So it sounds like they're not trying to design a game where the AI and other characters will only move and do things once you've spoken to them and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, your typical game thing. It sounds like that the decision, if you make the choice to go speak to someone over here and do whatever, then these other characters, no matter what, are still just going to be go going on with their lives. And that means, I guess, things will change. You're people's stuff, everything's stuff, happening in real time. Everything's happening in real time, which sounds pretty cool to me. Um, and then they all have... They also have on their website, uh, I haven't got a chance to play these yet, but I've downloaded them. So they two, they did two game jams during the development of this. Uh, both of these games are available on itch for free 
one's called Wayward Hand, one's called Sabotage in Stormy Skies. Uh, and both of these games were, as I said, they did as game jams to help them uh, explore and expand the the universe they were helping make up here. So they did two uh, games to help do that, and they're free. So if you want to check those out, um, you can download them. Like game jams are pretty cool. I think game jams are a really good way to get some inspiration into put test yourself as a developer. Yeah, that's what this stuff sounds like. So sounds pretty cool. Uh, and the that is it that we have so far. In a weird turn of events, I have no idea why this is happening, but this year PAX has for reasons yet to be determined, decide that the sixth and final game of the PAX Indie Showcase winners will not be revealed until the day of the show, which to me is super weird. That's really, which is, isn't that a negative? Because these no promotion for it. They don't five get games publicity. <laughs> are getting publicity and the one game that wins is not getting any publicity. Yep. So I don't know why or what would cause this. There has to be a real reason. It can't just be like, we'll keep one a secret for shits and giggles there has to be something that's like why wouldn't you unless do it's just... not indie so unless you would do something guess what unless, it's like, the sequel to hollow knight why wouldn't you do like a staggered release of these names then why would you release all the five of these at once and then just have one they usually, on last year they put out like, all the winners really all weird. six winners like a month before the show like around the same time and everything like that but this year when they put them out they just for whatever reason can't reveal the last one maybe there's difficulties of them actually getting to packs and they're like couldn't confirm maybe so, yeah maybe they have to point, pull it at last second if it doesn't happen i guess yeah yeah maybe that would be my guess that would probably be a thing that makes sense that would be the one that makes sense and then the thing you were saying before about some like crazy unannounced australian indie sequel would be the We'll use that yeah. as a backup crazy option for, <laughs> for what's happening here, exactly. I mean, it's a solid backup crazy option. It's a solid backup crazy option. Uh, yeah, so they're your five of six games <laughs> that you can play the Indie Showcase thing at PAX this year. Um, we will be... Don't worry, there's going to be a ton of indie games there, so if, if those ones don't catch your eye, I'm sure there'll be something else. They'll be heaps. You could spit and you'll hit some. Jesus Christ! I wouldn't recommend I wouldn't it. Rec- you'll probably get thrown out. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend doing that either, Jesus. <laughs> All right, so there's one game I just want to quick uh, go over that I've been playing for the past week. I'm I'm playing this for review purposes. I did get a review code for it, but I'm struggling to comprehend how I'd ever go about reviewing it. To be honest, so I may end up never reviewing it and just writing a like I can't score this because it's just something. Uh, the game is Ancestors: Humankind Odyssey. It was revealed at the Game Awards last year. Yep. Uh, it released last week on PC. It is coming out on consoles in December. Um, it's an Epic Games Store exclusive. Woo! And it's um, it was most famous, and the reason it got announced at um, the Game Awards in the first place is because it's the, the first game from, I can't say his name, the dude who created uh, Assassin's Creed. I was about to say I'll try. I'll open his name here and let me see if I can fucking pronounce it. Let's 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 see how we go. We'll we'll open it here. Jean Vierre El Jacques, Patrice Decels, Decels, Decels. I don't know. It, it says his Wikipedia page is famous for being the creative director of Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Two, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Um, also being involved with Prince of Persia: Sands of Time, like all this Ubisoft stuff here. So he he did. Assassin's Creed, up to Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and before that he did 
Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, and blah, 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 blah. And this is the first thing he's done since uh, 2010, Brotherhood. He went and started this indie studio in Quebec, um, and they've been working on this weird, crazy game, which I remember when they revealed at the Game Awards, we were all like... Cool, monkeys. What the fuck is this game? <laughs> we were like, what the fuck is going on? Is this like the Assassin's Creed Adam and Eve story, but before yeah. it? And what the fuck? Yeah, because when they showed the trailer, it was just monkeys and talking about evolution and all this it's stuff. It's just creationism, like, the game. It's like, what the fuck is this game? And to, and to be honest, no. here, here's the thing. Evolution, the game. It's, well, yeah. It's really hard to explain who the fuck this game is for and who would enjoy playing this. Because I got to be honest, I hated my first two hours. I hated it. If I didn't get sent a review code, I probably would have just stopped playing like an hour in because it was just doing my fucking head in. I pushed through it because I'm like, well, I gotta, <laughs> you know, I'm obligated to see how I can go here, go a bit further. I'm now at the point around, I don't know, eight hours in, I guess, or something like that. Well, I'm not hating it and I'm actually somewhat enjoying it, but still it's a hard fucking game to play. And the, the reason I'm saying it's hard is because Nothing to do with, like, difficulty of boss fights or anything like that. The game is just the most obtuse thing I've ever played in my life. And I'll, I'll put an asterisk on that and say I don't play many survival <laughs> games, right? Which this is kind of. But at the same time, I feel like this is worse than even the ones I have played. So basically the game starts and you're a monkey, right? And you got a, there's a monkey kid and you get introduced. It's like there's monkeys, there's female monkeys, there's male monkeys, there's baby monkeys. Basically, the goal of the game is to discover things, learn things, and then travel through X amounts of hundreds of thousands of years or whatever it is uh, to the point where your monkeys are coming closer to being humans right humans. that's that's how yeah, it works okay. uh so you'll start you can investigate objects and whatever else and how it moves through time is eventually once you've done enough stuff you can like kind of trigger an event where it'll move through periods of time and years depending on like how much stuff you've managed to achieve and these sorts of things um, so you could go 5,000 years, 10,000 years. It's, it's really kind of dependent on that. And then you'll take up like the ancestors of your, the people you're currently play, playing as. And depending on what you've learned, um, uh, before you trigger the event to move through time, depends on what those monkeys know, because obviously that's what's goes through. So it's kind of the thing of like, you're better off doing more before triggering this than less, because that means when you get to the next section of the game, you're going to have more stuff to do. But the game tells you literally nothing. 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 Because it would be trying to... It'll be trying to emulate the experience mm -hmm. of evolution, of learning shit naturally. Yes, 100%. And the stuff you start working out at the start of the game is just the most simplistic shit. You pick up a rock, you press a button to, like, investigate it, it'll be like, oh... And we'll give, you know, come up like, oh, you've learned that this is a rock. You're like, cool. You go pick over, you go, you go find a stick. You pick up the stick. Oh, this is a stick. That's fucking interesting. Cool. You've learned what a stick is. Uh, suddenly, if you start picking up enough objects, they'll cut, the game will pop up and be like, you've learned how to use two hands now. Well, that's a fucking handy skill. So now you can pick up one item and press a button to swap it to your other hand. And then you can pick up the, the rock and the stick. And then lo and behold, if you press buttons together, you can start carving that stick and you got yourself a fucking spear slowly, right? Oh, you've discovered that this will sharpen stick. Uh, you find food you need to eat. If you don't eat and drink and sleep, you will die. Do you stab somebody first time and they're like, 
Oh my god! I figured out. Discovered how- murder. No, I haven't figured out how to stab anyone. Right, and I'll get to this in a second because this is one of my biggest complaints with the game. But the other thing is that you need to eat, you need to sleep, um, you need to drink water. Right. So that's the survival element. It's not super hardcore, but it's like basically every time you wake up for the day, you kind of get in the river of being like, I'll go drink, I'll go eat. I should be set until like near the end of the day and I'll probably eat, drink before I go to sleep and then I'll sleep for the amount of time I need depending on how much time I've spent walking today. Fucking make sure my monkeys don't die. I nearly lost all my monkeys within the first couple of hours because I had no idea what I was doing. But then I discovered sex and then I knocked out some babies pretty far. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, I have to ask, how did you discover sex? So I was like, yeah. there has to be, obviously I'm like, I'm, there has to be a way to make babies in this game. There has to be a thing, right? So I, I find, I can walk up to a female monkey and I'm playing as a male. You went, how you doing? I walked up and I said you like- gave her the old down. thumbs up. You were like- It's like, hold, <laughs> hold down B and it's like groom or whatever. You texted you up. <laughs> no, you do a grooming <laughs> mini game. And if you do it successful four times in a row, it comes up and it goes coupled. and then i literally just walk over to uh the bed i'd set up um told i told i said come with me because you can group up with any monkeys like take them with you on adventures or whatever so i said hey come with me go over to the bed i lay down in the bed and then it come up with a button that said press b to invite partner over hey so i hold down b (laughs) (laughs) and then they lay down next to me and then the b button then changes to I don't know what it actually says, but it it says sex. Like so, in some in some word, it says. I think it says make babies. Procreate. I think it says make babies actually, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Um, so then I press that button. The camera like pans up to the sky, comes back down. Like it doesn't show you to anything. And then Basically. it the button nails change to have baby. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so, that quick. So I hold I hold down B again and. It then cuts to a cutscene and shows this monkey being born and stuff. And then it says 15 months later. So it skips you head 15 months to, to get through the, the, the pregnancy plus making the monkey old enough. So you, then you go through a large section of time. Um, and I figured out that if you pause the game, it actually tells you the monkey you're playing as. If you're playing as a female, um, it, it'll tell you if they're actually um, in their time. Well, what the fuck is the word for it there? In heat? No. Is- <laughs> their, their eggs are good to fertile. go fertile yes thank you Fer- <laughs> fertile is the word thank you i was fucking mental blanking um f- it says it'll say like fertile so i paused the game after this happened it said it still said fertile i was like fuck i just popped one out but sure let's go again so hold down b come over here hold it's down been 15 b. months yeah hold down b make sex times again hold down b make baby i popped out two babies within five minutes of gameplay but over the period of 30 months <laughs> in the game so yeah i was like cool now i got kids um and you need kids because that's basically how you get xp like um because about the- <laughs> you eat them for XP no 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 or- so do you just you, when you go around there's a button obviously like kind of an assassin's creedy uh eagle vision type shit right so you can activate yep. that and then you can look at objects and you can scan it and the monkey will be like oh that's food uh that's an enemy that's this right so you start recognizing thing um and basically they'll kind of unlock skills if you do certain things enough even walking enough suddenly your your monkey starts to learn how to walk on its uh two legs instead of its front kind of thing like is the more you do of anything the slowly you, you just start opening up skills getting better Get, at it. be getting yeah. better that's the whole game it's just like just do shit and eventually you'll start unlocking things um but 
the you, you need to always have babies with you and that's how you get xp to actually unlock those things because it's kind of like a whole because you can have them on your back constantly wherever you go and it's you get xp for having them i guess it's kind of been like you're teaching them as you show them around and these teaching sorts of things you're you're passing them on this, this knowledge, knowledge for the future yes. and, so if yeah. you don't have babies around you're basically wasting your time playing which is what i did for a solid like two hours nearly because i didn't know how to have sexy time and then figured it out. Oh, I got babies now, so we're good to go. Um, my my biggest thing, though, is because obviously with a game like this, a lot of time you're just like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, <laughs> there is no objective. There's nothing to do. The whole game is literally just like, find shit, figure it out on yourself, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, the game is just constantly wanting you to hate life. Because, and I'm sure this is once again trying to be realistic to how, how it was back then. And they introduced this with the opening cinematic cutscene for the game. Because the game opens and it shows like an alligator in a ward or fishes. And it shows like the fish get eaten by the alligator and it shows the alligator get killed by something, a tiger. And then it shows the tiger gets killed by like a giant snake. And then the snake gets picked up by like a giant um, bird or something along these lines. So showing you how like dangerous the, the world is. And you're playing as the, the kind of bottom line here where everything in this game can kill you um side note on this if you hate snakes and i pretty much fucking hate snakes and this, this game is a struggle to play because i'll be fucking walking along sometimes like climbing trees and shit and then i'll just hear like like off the distance and I'll, every time i'm still just like oh no no i was about to ask you how many like fuck that moments Lots have you like walked up moments. to something <laughs> i've literally like jumped across <laughs> trees before and the, the snakes are like they're big, you know. Then they're not anaconda ice cube big, but they're they're, they're big because I guess prehistoric like kind of era of snakes. They're a, they're a lot bigger. Um, and I've, I've I, I learned how to swing across vines kind of a little bit. So I'm swinging across. I jump in this tree and I look down. I see this giant fucking thing, and I'm just like, oh nope. <laughs> <laughs> the game also constantly gives you heart attacks. And this is the thing. It's like it's super annoying to the point where I'm like, can we not just start the game with less things trying to kill me because pretty much anytime you venture outside of your like kind of you have a camp area i guess where you can set up and all your other apes of your clan hang out anytime you venture outside of there and you're walking along the ground and you're not in trees for a hot two seconds next second tiger saber tooth fucking black panther everything right snake giant fuck off disgusting makes me ugh, snake everything literally just trying to kill you so that's annoying. And that's tedious. And that basically fucks you over. And if you don't escape from them, um, if they don't kill you, of, of course, if they come out of nowhere, they hit you. Next second, you've got a broken leg or something like that, or you're bleeding out. So then you need to find, you need to discover the fucking thing. The, the first time this happened to me, you know, it comes up with a symbol, like a bleeding symbol. And my character, my ape is all fuck up. It's like literally bleeding. I'm like, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe if I eat, it'll help me. So I find fruit. I start eating it. As he's eating, the monkey's just like coughing blood over the food. I'm like, well, that ain't helping. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's you know what i'm actually kind of i'm, I'm intrigued by this like i'm intrigued yes. to play it like i'm actually yeah, it, i, I want to see monkeys coughing up blood like i know but like it's it'd be interested to see the thought process of like to have a conversation and be like so what the fuck did you work out first what like what did and then to be like well, well we've my got monkeys know my monkeys know this and you'll be like what the fuck what i've never learned that or i'm you know this, this game is a hundred percent not f is going to be for a very niche audience but that very niche audience is going to be going constantly crazy on reddit talking about stuff they're doing yeah it would be like somebody like in six months time will be like i've just found out you can do this 
what the f? See, like, I, I don't know if there's create a AR fifteens. Also, don't know if there's an ending. how how long until we get like speed running of it, where it's like get from this point to this point well, as quick. That's as the can. thing. I mean, well, the secret is to keep making babies, and t- time just goes much faster. So, from what I gathered. That when you do the t- the the time skip, like uh, they call it evolution in the game, which currently where I'm up to, I could do again. Call it evolution but, in most yeah, things I guess in life, I do, yeah. the Bible. Um, I'm currently could do it, but I'm not doing it yet because I just want to double check. There's some other stuff I can't do. When when you do that, from what I gather, the the next encampment that you start in, like, uh, is randomized from a bunch of different areas, kind of. So oh, it's not like okay. you move from the starter area to this area to this area or what whatever. It literally kind of just like randomizes and goes. Well, your ancestors ended up here is there is there any restrictions of like pre-evolution like is there like stuff in the game that you can't learn until after you evolve i think so i think there's a certain i think there is a point where you're like i've done literally everything i can do for this and you should probably just evolve now so you can start learning some stuff but I'm not going to, I haven't hit that and I would probably never hit that because I eventually would just be like, well, fuck it. I'll just, I'm going to the next yeah, stage. I'm, yeah, I'm ready enough. Yeah. I'll evolve, it's yeah. the, the most annoying mm. thing though, like, because I lost like five apes at one point and I barely had anyone left because I'm wandering around. I'm like, how do I build spears? How do I fucking heal myself? And that's the thing because the game tells you nothing. It's like, well, how do I heal my bleeding? And you have to just discover like what fruit, uh, what items to look at to heal that. And now if something attacks me and I'm bleeding, I know what I'm looking for and I can probably find it within 30 seconds to a minute and solve the problem because I've been playing the game, right? But at the start, the first couple of hours, this is why it made me not want to play it. It's just because it's like, you're bleeding out, you're fucking poisoned because you ate mushrooms and they made you be- give you a bellyache. And it's just like, you're having this like weird toxic effect on the screen and you're dying and whatever else. You're just like, fuck this game, man. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, give me a fucking helping hand here. Um, but I know like in the trailers and stuff, they'll show you, you can eventually like teach your whole clan of apes to the point where they all know how to use spears and you can like pretty much go on a hunting party after animals i kind of want to play till at least i get to that stage where i've got smart enough that i can go get revenge on the fucking snake that killed me the fucking tiger (laughs) that killed me the the black panther that killed me when i thought hey black panther won't come in the water it jumped on the rock and got me motherfucker like jesus (laughs) (laughs) it jumped on the rock it got me The one time I discovered, one time I discovered that this game has a stamina meter, which it doesn't fucking tell you like everything else. And I was tr- trying to just climb up a tree, and then my monkey fell down to its death. And I was like, "What the fuck? Just hold on longer." Oh, there's a stamina meter, right? Yeah, don't don't tell me that either. Just don't tell me literally anything. <laughs> that's that's how the, would, the, the they started off. Sense. They didn't know anything. Yeah. It would make sense to realize, oh, there's only a limited amount of energy I have to do shit with. I still focus on being like, <laughs> why? How do I get away from this thing? Next time I'm following. Um, yeah, it's also, it's like, I don't know if you could reach like a point where you get game over, but there's no way to do manual saves, which kind of annoys me because there are like difficulty options and I pick the easiest because I'm like, I'm not putting on anything harder. This will be enough for me as is, right? I have no idea what is easier about the version I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so maybe you like you'll take like more damage or you have longer I periods guess. of time before you need Eat to eat and stuff less like animals yeah Killing. stuff like that yeah. would probably but even then i'm like as i'm saying i walk outside for two seconds something's jumping on me and trying to fucking kill me so i, I don't know what's going on there <laughs> um but i would have loved manual saves even in like the easier difficulty because the, the amount of times i'm like because I can build spears at the moment but i don't want to risk trying to go and fight something you know what i mean i'm just like i wish i could manual save it 
try and work out how to go about it. But that's what it's trying. It's trying to take that out of you. It's trying to take that out of you and put you in a situation where you're like, if you want to, you have to risk something to go and learn to do something. Like you have to Dark Souls. Yeah. Like you have to risk it to go learn it and then figure it out as you go. Like at the start of the game. You would have just saved it at the very start. Oh, I was scared. Spent to a couple leave. of hours. I was scared to go anywhere. <laughs> and which is you're supposed to be. That's how fucking evolution works, Dylan. <laughs> Fuck. You don't think there's little monkeys out there in the world after fucking dinosaurs are dead and some random fucking person flies out of the sky with a manual? Like, here you go. <laughs> pretty, here's how pretty, you do it. Pretty everything. much my first few nights, like within the games world, was anytime, because it has like a, a game timer up top, like tells you what time of day it is. Obviously, monkeys can't read time, but it helps you know when it's going to get dark and stuff, obviously. Yes. They're yeah. nice in that way. It would get to like 17 <laughs> and I'm like, I'm fucking heading back. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> I would, well, if you think, <laughs> I would right, never too far. Think it's not. It's not on the same scale, but the first time you play Minecraft, if you didn't play Minecraft with a friend, you have to work out, all right, I can punch wood to cut it down, and then I have to put it into a toolbox. I guess, but Minecraft these days has a tutorial and everything, so it's like... These days, but I'm talking about when you... These days, I'm talking about, like, original Minecraft when you didn't... You didn't realize that you had to build a shelter before it got to nighttime on the first night, or you were probably dead. This fucking this, so when I did my first evolutionary jump, because when you start the game, it has a bed built for you where you can sleep. Um, because it, it does tell you like three things: you can sleep on this, you can use this button to pick up things, you can use this button button to investigate. Go wild, cool. Thanks, game. Um, <laughs> I when it when I did my first evolutionary jump, it didn't have a bed in my area, and I was like. Oh no! I have to figure out what, how, and what I do to build <laughs> I a have bed. To figure out how to make a bed? I couldn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> my character's literally limping. My monkey's like limping around. Its energy bars constantly at like near nothing because it's just so tired it can't. So I'm like, dude, it I wish I could let you bed. rest, but I can't. Don't have to fucking sleep. It doesn't know how to crawl up on the ground and sleep. Oh. It needs a bed. Yeah. Wow, first world problems for that monkey. Okay, so I discovered if you're on the ground, you need beds built to sleep. Um, or you can just go climb a tree and literally sleep anywhere in a tree. And I was like, fuck, if I knew that, <laughs> I would have done that. All the spoilers. Um, I don't think you can spoil this game, to be honest. But <laughs> um, I'm going to keep playing because it's I, I, I've overcome the, the point of hatred where I'm now like, I don't know, it's weird to say I'm enjoying it, but I'm just at the same time. I'm just, I'm constantly intrigued and it's got enough to constantly like keep pulling me along where I, I keep discovering a new thing or like getting a little bit better mm. at something. And like, you know, I'm like, oh, I keep going and go over here. And wow. It's only f- and- like, what? So it's 40 bucks US. So that's like, what, 60? Yeah, it's not a full price game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so can, it's, it's, it's okay. hard for me to be like, if you like this, you'll like this game because I honestly don't know. But at the same time, I'm just, it's def. I'm super intrigued yeah. by it. Like I'm interested yeah. by it. I think that's very interesting. It's. It, it's hard to fault how unique of a premise and everything it is, but I just don't know if it's going to like, there was a certain point of being like, well, you know, this is your first new indie company. Do you want your fucking first game to be something that only 10 people play? <laughs> like, cause they fucking, it's so hard and like such a learning curve and stuff to overcome. Well, I'm sure thanks to the Epic Zam store, they don't have to worry about money. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe that's a fucking thing. Um, but yeah, that's Ancestors, the Humankind Odyssey, a very weird game. Look for my review some point. I'm not trying to rush it, honestly, because it's just so hard to 
like work out what the fuck yeah. I'm doing. There's not going to be a score. It's just going to be a monkey emoji. Yeah, I'll just post yeah. a monkey emoji. Do what I need to do. It took my monkey twenty hours to work out how to give it a score higher than a seven. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the couch this week. Make sure you check out ExplosionNetwork.com for all of our shows, reviews, news articles, and much more. You can review Arcade Couch or Apple Podcasts or Podchaser to help out the show or simply read or write a review even or read it and then write it and stick it in a tweet and tweet it at us. You can tweet it at us at ExplosionPod on Twitter and we'll heart it and we'll retweet it and do all the things and we'll be like, oh, thanks. Love you. Thank you. Love you very much. Uh, you can join our Discord at ExplosionNetwork.com slash Discord. You can follow me on Twitter at Vivaladil, V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. You can follow Ash on Twitter at AshleyHobbyASHLEYHJ L-E-Y, and you can follow Kieran on Twitter at boy Ringo. And of course, if you didn't listen to it, we did a bonus episode just a day or so ago um, talking about the Pokemon Direct. If you're wondering where we were talking about all that sort of stuff, over in its own episode. Didn't want this one to be three hours long. Go listen to that. Thank you. We'll be here. See you next time. See you next week. Same time. Same couch. Bye. <laughs>